The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are advancing. The Dow now trading higher. It is up eight points at 18,480, uh, spending much of the day in the red. The S&P 500 index up six points now, 2172, up three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 19 to 5159, again near a Four tenths of one percent. S and P five hundred index close to a record. The record there twenty one seventy five. Right now we have got the ten year down two thirty seconds at yield one point five zero percent. Gold up six dollars the ounce to thirteen thirty two. A gain there of five tenths of one percent. West Texas intermediate crude down two percent. Forty one eleven a barrel right now on WTI. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It's time now for the ETF report. It's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call one eight six six sector ETF. Let's go to Catherine Cowdery for the Exchange Traded Funds Report. A milestone is on its way. That's the word from Todd Rosenbluth, Director of ETF Research at S&P Global Market Intelligence. In the middle of September, the S&P 500 is going to have a new sector. Real estate, which is currently part of financials, is being carved out. The real estate industry will become the S&P's 11th sector. Rosenbluth said there's going to be a massive trade when that happens, involving some ETFs, including the Real Estate Select Sector Spider Fund, ticker XLRE. It has little money in it right now, $20 million in underlying assets. And because of a dividend payout from the financial sector spider, uh, XLF, it's going to relatively overnight in September get $3 billion flowing in. Rosenbluth says that soon-to-be 11th sector is a good place to invest when interest rates are low. The reason? Rosenbluth cites the stable and growing income streams from real estate investment trusts. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Alphabet, owner of Google, reports after the bell. Facebook reported yesterday, boy, they had quite a quarter. We want to talk tech, we want to talk the stock market, and we want to talk music now with Roger McNamee, co-founder of Elevation Partners out in Menlo Park, California. In fact, he was one of the very early investors in Facebook years ago. He's also on the road again, as he is every summer with the Doobie Decibel System. It's a band that is part of his larger band, Moon Alice, and he's taking some time out in Buffalo, where he's performing tonight, to talk to us about the market. Roger, welcome. It's a pleasure, Kathleen. I'm actually in Saratoga Springs. Okay, in, up in north, Buffalo though. the other night. We're just moving our way east right now, but it's uh, it's a beautiful day here, and it's lovely to be chatting with you. It's lovely here. to chat with you, too. We're going to talk to, for a minute about your show in Brooklyn uh, tomorrow night, if we have a minute, but I want to dive right into Google slash Alphabet. You like yep. this business model. You've always liked Google, and, and this whole structure now with Alf- Alphabet, you said, works very well. I think it's it's really important as an investor 
uh, that Google has made the conscious effort to break out its business into the mature uh, traditional search businesses and then all the new ventures. And, you know, to me, the, the, the perfect outcome will come when they have a tracking stock for the new business that is separate from the more mature ones. But the fact that they have chosen to break it out for reporting purposes is really helpful to investors. And I think it's brought a discipline inside Google that has helped everyone. And uh, so I'm, I'm super impressed by what the management team at Google has been doing. And, you know, I don't have any more visibility to the numbers than anybody else, but I do know that the trends that have been benefiting Facebook uh, also benefit Google to a slightly lesser degree, but nonetheless, the one that will be dramatically, I think, better than what we're seeing in terms of earnings for the market as a whole. Are you super impressed with the results from Apple and the performance of Tim Cook? Well, I am. And, you know, I think the last time we spoke, I was uh, sharing with you my view that the product cycle around smartphones and the iPhone in particular was it, it without uh, exaggeration, the mother of all technology product cycles. There's never been anything like that. And Apple's announcement has now shipped a billion iPhones in the last whatever it is, seven years, eight years, is uh, just truly amazing. And uh, I look at the situation now and go, we're going to have quarters like this every once in a while where you get a really nice upside surprise. And the stock had been trading as though it was never going to have another up quarter. And so people were totally stunned. And, you know, Apple's a great company. And I think Tim Cook has played the hand very, very well. I wish they were better at the software. I think almost all the software Apple makes is less good today than it was a few years ago. And I'm hopeful that at some point uh, they will be able to do something about that. But I think as a value stock, Apple simply cannot be beat. There's, I can't think of a scenario where the S&P 500 uh, moves up where Apple doesn't do better. And I can't imagine a scenario where the S&P gets hurt where Apple at least doesn't uh, where Apple fails to provide at least relative performance. So I think you're kind of leading us now into a big picture question. We can dig some more into the details of these tech companies in a minute, Roger. But the, you told me earlier today, we were talking on the phone ahead of this interview, that the tech companies are running against the tide. That yeah. there's a, you well, have a larger concern about the S&P 500. I, I look out at, at the broad global economy. And the thing that is incredibly clear is that China... The blip that downward that we saw in China last year is, appears to actually be more significant than it initially looked to me. And that we, we can't view China as the engine of global growth as, on a consistent basis the way we could for the past decade. It's also clear that Europe will remain punk and the Brexit, uh, at least creates uncertainty that's not good for earnings from Europe. So the, while the U.S. economy is actually in pretty decent shape, it's not great. It's not barn burner or anything, but it's, it looks good relative to the rest of the world. Unfortunately, most of the S&P 500 is getting 50% or more of its earnings outside the U.S. So the slowdown elsewhere is going to be a drag. I think we also, because uh, of the very small uptick in interest rates and a few other factors, uh, we're going to make it harder for companies to buy stock back. So I think a lot of the things that have been driving the S&P 500 look less good today than they did, which is not to say we're going to have a bear market because I don't see that either. But I think it's going to be slow going on the earnings 
for most of the S&P 500. And in that context, the leaders of the tech market look fantastic. You know, Facebook's numbers, those are great growth numbers in any market environment, particularly for a company of that scale. And, you know, with that market liquidity, it's obviously, for growth investors, a must-have security. And Google is not growing anything like that fast, but it's growing a lot faster than the S&P 500. And it's priced very attractively compared to the S&P. And Apple, which sells for a big, big discount, the S&P 500, isn't growing much, but at least it's growing. And it's so cheap that, you know, those three stocks really uh, offer growth investors, I think, an opportunity. I think there are other things in tech, like Amazon, where uh, the growth numbers are going to be much better than the market as a whole. And so in that context, I think tech is, is an oasis in an otherwise in a boring market farm. We're speaking with Roger McNamee. He is the co-founder of Elevation Partners. They're based in Menlo Park, California. Roger, speaking of broad trends, Oracle paying $9.3 billion for NetSuite to expand their cloud computing business. I wonder if you could talk about cloud computing, but in the context perhaps of your own investment uh, in a company called Up There. You bet. So what I would tell you is that cloud computing is, now deeply entrenched in the economy. And we, when we think about what's happened in smartphones, we had this massive adoption phase, and now we're about to begin the adaptation phase where the economy adjusts to the fact that every consumer has got a smartphone. Now, in order for all these things to work, you have to have some way to manage the information that people are accessing on the smartphones and putting all the information on servers in the cloud, which is to say making them accessible from anywhere as opposed to having them sit next to your computer, that notion has been building for the last decade. And we saw with Salesforce and a few other companies like NetSuite, early leaders. With Amazon's uh, web services business, we now see the mature version of it. And for NetSuite and for Salesforce, their original architectures were a big leap forward from Oracle, the things that came before. But they are not actually the most uh, cost-effective systems for cloud computing that are out there. So it's a very smart sale by NetSuite. And from Oracle's point of view, all they want to do is consolidate the things that customers own. So it may actually be a pretty good deal both ways. The one observation with up there, we've got a company, a really extraordinary team out of Apple, building next-generation cloud services. And the whole principle here is that we all have data that we need to have access to. And we're spending less and less time at a desktop with a computer and more and more time accessing things off of smartphones and tablets. You really want your information in the cloud where you can find it. And maybe you have Dropbox. Maybe you want to use uh, products like UpThere to do that. What we can say without fear of correction is that enterprises are making that move aggressively. It's such a cost savings for corporations that this will be a strategy that investors need to understand. We've got to leave it there. Roger McNamee, co-founder, Elevation Partners, his band, the Doobie Decibel System at the Brooklyn Bowl tomorrow night. We take you through to the close. This is Bloomberg. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.